You're back on Artsbitten here on Sin Nation. We have on the phone right now Alison Groves, who's here to talk about the Japanese Film Festival. Hello, Alison. G'day, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're very glad to have you on the show. Now, can you please explain to our listeners who might not be aware, what is the Japanese Film Festival and um, what can they expect? Mm, well, uh, the Japanese Film Festival, as the name kind of clues at, um, we do Japanese cinema and we do it well. <laughs> we take uh, a film festival to 16 cities across Australia um, and we have four program streams. And in Melbourne at the moment, um, from the 22nd of November to the 2nd of December, we have 31 new release Japanese films. So that's films from the last 12 months, as well as six classic films, which are like black and white, 35 mil, um, actually some of them are in colour as well. Um, but we show a spectrum of Japanese cinema culture and bring it across Australia. So what kind of idiosyncrasies does Japanese cinema bring that uh, conventional Western cinema might not? Ah, it's a good question. Um, well, it's kind of like looking at, I guess, the fortes of Japanese cinema be being human drama um, and definitely uh how can i say it <laughs> if you're if you're critical you call it slow if you're flattering you call it contemplative um but there's a style of filmmaking um there's definitely an idiosyncratic uh use of long long portrait like shots and musings on characters and relationships that's definitely um a, a big thing in japanese cinema and some of our films really capture that but that said we also program really diverse um content so we have some really fast-paced action-packed things um and then also of course uh it wouldn't be japanese cinema culture without things like anime um the japanese animation culture is really big part of a global um cinema experience now and we definitely look to japan as perhaps the leader internationally for producing yeah animated content of a really diverse quality and high caliber we certainly do. I mean, on our show, we've um, reviewed many anime films um, over the past few months, and um, yeah, the quality of those films has been exceptional, well beyond Hollywood, uh. I've found. <laughs> I'm a little biased as well, so I completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was. you didn't bring up anime. Um, I think Japanese culture, more so than a lot of cultures, has been able to grab Westerners' attentions more, or just internationally in general, even with gaming, things like Nintendo... Or something like that. Mm. It feels. I feel like more people are in tune. And then you know, with stuff like Netflix out there, it's getting even increasing. Are you happy with that? That more people are aware than ever before yeah. of Japanese culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're also seeing, you know, with these new channels opening up. Of course, um, you know, from a cinema film industry perspective, there are you know a lot of problems, and that's something that we we're finding an increasingly important discussion um, as an industry. Um, but globally, like, how can I say it? The ultimate goal of all of these kind of initiatives and non-profits is to promote, you know, more cultural access to diverse content, and it's all good. Um, so, you know, one of our films um, in the program this year, Night is Short, Walk on Girl, is um, an animation by Masaki Yuasa, and his really popular Netflix series um, is just, like, really capturing the attention of a whole new generation of consumers. And so that's a really interesting channel, helping people feed back into, um, you know, 
going to look watch Devil Man Cry Baby on Netflix and then come and see his his feature in in, in cinema and on the big screen where it's meant to be shown. <laughs> Indeed. Now you mentioned before, Alison, that uh, the festival tours around Australia to I think sixteen cities. You said it was. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So how Crazy. does how does developing the festival for Melbourne differ to as place like say Dubbo for example ah yeah well yeah Dubbo is actually having their very first Japanese film festival so um, g'day anyone who's managed to find this radio station if they're from um, or people who are originally from Dubbo <laughs> um, and they're happening uh, this weekend as well so uh, yeah for Dubbo we've got um, a small program of three films and um, we're really hoping that those uh, you know, those kids studying Japanese at schools will get the chance to see something on the... Um, and we also present that regional program for free um, to try and promote, uh, I guess, access um, to to the communities that may not have that content programmed in their mainstream cinema. Um, so we're actively trying to, you know, contribute to that um, cultural diversity in, in programming. But then at Melbourne, for example... Um, Melbourne. Melbourne audiences are just a completely different kettle of fish. We've got an extremely well-informed audience base here in Melbourne, and they are definitely looking for challenging films. And when we're programming the festival, we definitely keep that in mind. We know that Melbourne wants more than the pop culture hits. Um, they, they also enjoy them. But Melbourne is really excited for films like Wilderness, which is a five-hour epic and won you know, a whole swag of awards. Um, whereas other cities that we tour to wouldn't be able to, you know, uh, to, wouldn't necessarily be ready for a five-hour film about a dystopian future um, set in a boxing ring. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, the audience profiles differ city to city so much, um, and we really enjoy coming to Melbourne because uh, people are looking for new corners of Japanese cinema culture and they're also willing to take uh, a gamble on something that seems a little bit left of field, which is, as a programmer, a really rewarding um, experience. And it's also worth noting that uh, Melbourne has a large population of Japanese expatriates, so they get to see their own culture being reflected on the screen away from home. Absolutely. Um, one of the one of the most fun aspects of doing this as a festival, of course, you know, we're really lucky to do to have cinematic releases of Japanese films year round. But one of the nice features of the festival is that we do get this little um, kind of community culture around the info desk with our volunteer team, and then repeat um, audiences that are just addicted to watching all the films in the festival. And yeah, having Japanese speakers um, in that group makes it such a pleasurable experience for for everyone to you know. Flaunt the Japanese skills um, or embarrass themselves, uh, and also you know just make friends and connections um, across the community. And we'll often find that there'll be someone's you know high school sensei sitting next to them watching you know uh, Tom Popper, for example, <laughs> and um, these kind of funny, light-hearted moments of um, you know discussions about their last snowboarding trip and so on. Um, yeah, so looking through the catalog for this year, there's a whole heap of movies that jump out to me that I'm looking forward to, uh, specifically uh, Destiny, The Tale of Kumkuru, which has been described as a live-action version of Studio Ghibli's Spirited Away, which is my favorite mm. animated movie of all time. I was, wondering, <laughs> I was wondering if there's any movies that you have either seen and recommend or are looking forward to. Well, as a programmer, I have seen a lot. 
and um, yeah, I'm totally biased in, in having some really clear favourites. Um, but Destiny, you've found a winner there. We've only got three seats remaining. Uh, sorry, no, that was in Sydney. Destiny in Sydney just sold out, um, like literally five minutes ago. I just had a phone call. Right. Um, and uh, the session, yeah, there's one session left next Friday for Melbourne. So it's, it's also selling very well. So if you're interested, please do get your tickets soon. Um, okay, one cut of the dead. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was going to be the other one I brought up. <laughs> if you haven't heard the hype yet, um, be prepared to. Uh, it's a zombie film, ultra low budget, and it's grossed 1,000 times its budget mm-hmm. now at the box office. Two million audiences in Japan and counting, and uh, you know, crazy applause at the end of every screening that we've had for the festival. So we're so glad to have opened the festival with such an you know, left of field, outlandish zombie comedy, um, as well as, you know, some of my personal favourites are uh, The Blood of Wolves, which is like a Yakuza film. It's just really fast-paced and cool and slick, very stylish. Uh, we also have The Scythian Lamb, which is a thriller. I'm very biased. I love thrillers, and when I'm looking to program thrillers, I'm very hard to please. So <laughs> when uh, when I find my favourite thriller in the program, it means a lot, and I and I support that film a lot. So if you're interested in thrillers, the story is six former convicts, like murderers, get relocated to a countryside town as a rehabilitation program, and then of course things do not go as planned. So <laughs> it's a good premise. Also, that anime Night is Short, Walk on Girl is uh, it's gorgeous, and there are. I think about 50 seats remaining at our Acme session, so it should be a beautiful experience and a nice full house as well. Okay, Alison Groves, uh, thank you very much for speaking with us today. Um, Is there a website where we can go for more information on the festival? Certainly is, uh, japanesefilmfestival.net. Yeah, if you look there, you'll find the ticket prices, programs, and uh, lots of information. We do some giveaways and talk events and things like that as well so you'll find all the gossip there excellent uh alison grove thank you very much for your time today and all the best for the rest of the festival thanks so much we look forward to seeing hi there indeed and just a reminder to our listeners that festival is running until december 2nd thanks alison thank you